Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. Only problem you're gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast Season Two rolls on with a more traditional episode where we've actually gone in depth and watched. Some high school tape again. My name is Corey Tullaba. I am your host, and I am here as always with Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, how are we doing today, dude? <laughs> Still feels uh, foreign to hear the new name, um, but man, I'm excited, dude. These, I, I'm, I'm really thankful that you picked these two guys to talk about, just because. I mean, obviously, like, you know, Bates made a lot of news uh, this week or the last couple of weeks, and so there's a lot to talk about. But man, these guys are going to be really fun to watch and like i i do want to say Corey, like i know we watched them the high school tape but i can't wait till we see them play um in college and i feel like we're gonna have a lot more to say then oh no doubt about it uh and you know what i i had a real big internal struggle when naming this episode i, I could not decide between memphis's penny stocks or memphis's blue chips it's mm. you know because i you know i Look, the penny, it's the play on words, uh, right. Penny Hardaway, but they're blue chips. Penny was in blue chips. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a big it was a big struggle. But we are covering mm-hmm. the Memphis recruits uh, for this class. We have Amani Bates, as Albert mentioned, made uh, news over the last few weeks, choosing to play at Memphis and uh, Jalen Duran. Both guys are a little bit younger, both reclassified. Um, to play college basketball this season. However, Jalen Duran is eligible for this upcoming draft. Imani Bates is just a few months younger than Jalen, but not eligible for this draft. So um, it's going to be interesting with Bates to see if he goes two years in college because of the NIL rules now, or if he goes to college this year and then spends a year you know, in some professional league, but that's a bridge we will cross when we get to it. I want to start um, with Jalen Duran, mm. uh, big man, uh, just 17 years old. So super young, 6'10", 230 with a reported seven foot five inch wingspan. Oh my freaking God. Yeah. Oh my God is right. 14.3 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 2.2 blocks, 63% from the floor as a junior at Montverde last year. His shooting splits were uh, unavailable. Uh, Helped (laughs) Montverde win the championship 25 and one stock price preseason. Obviously we don't have anything to compare it against, but uh, ESPN has him as their fourth overall prospect. SB nation has him at eight tankathon has him at four and bleacher report has him at five. That's an average price of 5.25 for the very big man. Um, Now, Albert, before I have you give me your take on how to evaluate his average stock price, 
I just want to run off a list of bigs taken in the top 10 over the last five drafts. Mm. Um, Evan Mobley, only true big in the top 10 uh, just this past draft. Wiseman and Okongwu in 2020. Jackson Hayes in 2019. Ayton, Bagley, Triple J, Bamba, and Carter in 2018. The year of the big man there. Jesus. Isaac and Zach Collins in 2017. Mm-hmm. Bender, Chris, Pirtle, and Thon Maker in 2016. Jesus Christ. The return on bigs in the top 10 has not necessarily been the best over the last five years. So, Albert, uh, with that said, and I know we haven't watched in depth all of the guys in this upcoming draft, even that are ranked preseason in this top 10, but um, just based on what you've watched, do you think it makes sense that his stock price is set at five point? Two five. Um, you know, Corey, I do want to kind of pre- preface all this by saying, like, what we're trying to do right now with this whole preseason evaluation of these kids coming out of high school, somebody needs to give us an award for this. Like, no one else <laughs> is doing this crap, and it is really hard. Like, Corey, honestly, like, you give me a lot of tough assignments, but trying to evaluate these dude, these guys, like, watching them play in high school and like AAU stuff has been. This has been hard. It's been actually it's hard. really hard because, like, the structure of these games are disgusting. It's terrible. Like, honestly, it is so nasty. I have no idea what they're running, what they're trying. Like, sorry, the easy answer is they're not running anything. No. And it's just they're just free balling basketball in all the all the game tape that I watched. Anyway, to answer your question, as difficult of a question as it is, um, I can understand why he's in that five range. Um, I mean, you mentioned it. The measurables are unreal like i i just don't under like that's a human being i don't get it and he's Um, 17 he's 17 he's only gonna get bigger and like you watch him play like he's physically unreal already like his chest is huge shoulders are gigantic it makes no sense but uh, beyond that the one thing i do want to say though is like if you consider the measurables plus him playing against kids that He'll never play against again. You can understand why he's going at five. So preseason off of high school and AAU tape, it makes sense that he's being rated the way that he is right now. Yeah, I I agree with you. And, um, you know, whether or not he kind of drops a few spots or or what, I mean, the those, those measurables are just unteachable. And uh, I can't even imagine what this kid's going to look like four or five years in the league when he's coming off that rookie contract based on how he looks now, it's, it's almost hard to even think about like the, the games that we're watching, like some of those terrible AAU games, you know, were from this year, but like, uh, you know, I went and watched some of the Montverd stuff and like, he's like, he's a, a baby, you know? And, and I watched some of the Roman Catholic uh, high school stuff where he went before Montford when he's like 16 years old and he is like significantly more physically developed than Evan Mobley is mm-hmm. <laughs> like coming out of college. It's kind of insane. So I totally get the height. Uh, the trend obviously in the NBA is, is that big men like Duran aren't necessarily taken this high, but uh, you know, we'll get, into that as we go through the scouting report uh let's start at the offense and let's start kind of with what i i believe his his strength will be um Mm. 
what do you think he's going to look like uh, as a, a pick and roll big man uh, next year in, in college? Um, so, Corey, I just want to start off with the comp that I came up with in my mind, um, what I wrote down in my notes. At this point, he's Optimus Prime. Um, if you watch, <laughs> if you watch any of the Transformers movies and you watch how Optimus Prime walks around and he operates, it is not very smooth. Um, Jalen Duran right now, um, offensively, is not some beautiful Mona Lisa type of um, fluidity right now. Um, some of the offensive stuff, like when you watch him, it's like, well, um, there are many steps to what you're doing there. And, you know, it, it's kind of like the stuff that you talk about, like when you could see someone like processing in their minds, you see a lot of that with Durin. Um, so for me right now, my initial take is that, you know, offensively, there's a long, long way to go. But that's normal. And that's not a slight against him. He is 17 years old. Um, so for a 17 year old, I understand. But I mean, just if I'm being objective about it, I, I see Optimus Prime is kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, look, in the pick and roll, you know, this is where I think if he gets with the right partner at Memphis, mm-hmm. I feel like he could shine here because it's a simple set. Like you said, there is a little bit of rigidity to him as sm- and I think there are also flashes of right really smooth footwork and when he's decisive with his movements, it looks really smooth, fluid. Um and and so that's certainly there too, but like as a as a rim runner as a, a pick and roll lob threat. Mm-hmm. I think he has the potential to be one of the, these guys that could be elite at that. Like he'll finish at a really high clip, right? He's a crazy athlete. Like he's mm-hmm. just a monster athlete. Right. And I think that a lot of times um, you would see him set a screen and he makes good contact. He's one of those kids. He doesn't open up the right way. You know, he doesn't open up like he's boxing out and seal his man. Um, but he at least is making contact on the screens. And then when he's at the rim, there's a gravity there. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously high school, uh, AAU, it's not the same level of talent that you'll see in college, but like the AAU there's, you know, these are all high rank recruits that he's playing right. against in the EYBL still. Um, and they're trying to keep him off the rim. And you see a lot of times how easily that opens up lanes, for the guards to come in and drop in a little floater or something because it, it, he he demands that kind of attention near the rim. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays um, in pick and roll because, uh, mm-hmm. uh, again, I think he's going to have some success uh, in, in that area. Uh, the other area, you know, where I think he's shown some stuff is in the post. Mm-hmm. Um, I You know, he's got that smooth little over the left shoulder, little baby hook. Uh, he's, you know, I, I watch him finish through contact. There's times where the touch is there. There's times where, where it's not, but, um, I, I think he certainly is going to be a guy that Memphis can kind of lean on to get a basket down low. Uh, now with that said, like we're talking about a post move here. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what are you predicting the dialogue is going to be about this kid? Um, when, seemingly like his best isolation move mm-hmm. is a post move in projecting how like we're going to talk about him in the context of that in the NBA. Cause this is not how NBA teams play unless you're Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Well, Corey. Okay. One thing that I did want to say, first off, I didn't even answer your question in the previous segment <laughs> about the pick and roll. That's my bad. I, I was so caught up in the Optimus prime thing. Uh, but I do want to say, um, 
I agree with you. Like, yeah, like the post of post up stuff is kind of his bread and butter right now. But the one thing that I did notice from watching him play was that he did have moments where he wanted to face up and he wanted to take a jump shot. Now, uh, what were, you know, did, did those decisions bear a lot of fruit? Uh, the answer to that is, you know, so so but i like the fact that he's in that headspace you know i think um now some scouts may look at him and be like oh he's just a post player but i don't think that's where his mind is at um i think he is thinking about what you just talked about like the modern nba where the league is trending how centers are trending you mentioned Jokic, you think of Embiid, you think of even a deandre ayton right deandre ayton has really um yeah. you know, blossomed in his game and he can hit a little 12 footer you know 14 footer right so i think that's in his mind because watching some of these games you know he was facing up he was taking some jump shots was it the prettiest no um but i think it if he's in that headspace and it's something that he's going to work on i think that's encouraging because it's it's you know he's showing signs of that there was some like dribble handoff stuff that i saw that i was like okay like even when we did the um the pod with tyler rucker i believe i brought up i brought up bam and the reason why i brought up bam was because i saw some of that you know there was some of the dribble handoff stuff some passing in there not that he is at the level of bam with the passing but I just like the fact that at the age of 17, and once again, guys, please don't judge us for judging 17-year-old boys. um, That, you know, it's all a part of the process, right? But at that age, the fact that he's in that headspace and he's attempting to do other things rather than just post up, I think that's going to be enough for him in year one at Memphis where I'm hoping he's going to try some stuff. Like, you know, we think about Isaiah Jackson last year at Kentucky. He tried things, you know, and is that going to be his bread and butter in the NBA? We don't know yet, but the fact that he tried things, it it, it led us to believe that there's a little bit more of a higher ceiling with him. And with Jalen Duran, if he's in that headspace and he's going to try those things, then I think the potential is definitely there. Yeah, and he's going he's gonna to have to try things because, right, currently he's a non-shooter, right? No one's going to – you're going to leave him open if he's – spotting up behind the three-point line yeah but the free throw form doesn't look you know terrible like it's it's workable um there there's definitely something there and like you said i think he he could be a face-up threat because he is he could be quick and he could be athletic going up against some of these bigs he'll see in college and if he learns how to take guys off the dribble with using like his athleticism his first step you know, he can be a guy that could be a handful going to the rim. So it that is going to be something worth monitoring. And then, like you mentioned, Isaiah Jackson, if he could show that he could not necessarily step out and hit the three-point shot, but if he could step out and hit a little elbow jumper, that could be that could be, you know, huge in, in projecting him forward. You know, we right. saw that like a Kongwu didn't stretch the floor uh as a, a freshman at USC, but he did take some little, you know, mid-range 15 footers and mm-hmm you were kind of encouraged like, all right, maybe one day it, maybe it'll be a process, but maybe one day, like we could see the shooting come to fruition, even with bam. I, you know, and uh, we talked to, when you mentioned bam, I talked about how, like, I'm surprised that bam hasn't extended his range yet because I think mm-hmm. that he's capable. It takes time with some of these bigs. Um, not all these bigs come in shooters and it, when they don't do that, it does take time, but we've seen that, these bigs, you know, as nice as it is to have them stepping out of the three-point line, you could still have success when you're in the right team construct. Capella just signed an extension with the Hawks. Capella's been right. huge for them, right? Uh, Noel with the Knicks. I, I mean, 
Nerlens can't shoot, but he played a, a monster role because, you know, he was a, a finisher and, and a guy who you can count on defensively. So there's certainly um, a, a, an avenue for this kid to be a high impact player. And again, as you mentioned, we're basing this off of AAU and, and high school and whatnot. Um, so the, the real analysis is going to be when we do Duran's episode after he's played college games, mm-hmm. but um, doing this evaluation early in the process is definitely interesting to see how these guys have been ranked the way they are and what these guys need to work on and, and the skeleton that they have of a skill set that, that they could see. So that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, mentioning Bam, one of the things that Bam didn't show in college much, but has been uh, an absolute beast at in, in the league is his passing. So what did you think of Durin uh, as a, a passer uh, in, in the games that you watched? Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, there's some dribble handoff stuff that he was doing um, that, you know, I, I felt like he showed some savvy. There are a couple of times where he had it in the post and he, I thought he did a decent job of reading the double team and understanding mm-hmm. where the open man was. And he found the open shooters on whether it was on the weak side or, you know, sometimes even in the dunker spot, he'd find somebody. But, you know, it, it's it's not I, I didn't see anything that was like you know, jaw-droppingly amazing in terms of vision. But at the same time, I didn't see him as a black hole either, um, which is encouraging, right? Like, ultimately, if you have a 17-year-old kid who has some court awareness, who has some awareness of the weak side, who has some awareness of, you know, the double team and how to deal with that at that age, that's stuff that he's going to keep getting coached up on. You know, Rashid is, you know, assistant coach at Memphis now. I'm sure he'll get a lot of coaching and mentoring on that and how to deal with that. And I think, you know, there there were some promising signs, at least from what I saw. Yeah, I think so too. He's not, I don't think he's ever going to be a primary creator, right? But uh, I think he has some potential in like read and react situations. You you mentioned, you know, if he's getting doubled, he was able to kind of anticipate it uh, sometimes. Uh, not always perfect. And he definitely worked to do. I think he, you know, if you put him in the short role eventually, I think maybe he's going to be able to make, you know, reads to that weak side, uh, you know, once he gets some reps doing it. Um. And I thought that he had some real nice moments passing out of like high low actions when he was playing with another big in some of these games. Um, but, uh, you know, he it was hit or miss is up and down. Like there were times where he looked like he had great touch. And then there were times where he was kind of firing the ball at his teammate when he was kind of close to him or he overthrew them uh, trying to like make a, a an outlet pass in transition. So it's it's all going to ebb and flow and and you mentioned like some of the games we're watching like we're watching him play aau where he's trying to throw these long outlets and it's like so sloppy up and down just it's tough to watch but you know some of the the games that with montverde where he's playing with you know a kayla houston or a langston love you know guys who are going to michigan baylor you know these high rank recruits that you know montverde gets like it was a little more structured in that regard and you saw him play that way you know like the 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 pace of the game fit his style I, I think he could play up and down certainly but he's also a guy that is is able to kind of slow down the pace and and not really play outside of himself um if you know the the offense dictates that uh anything else that you want to touch on for for Jalen uh Duren offensively um offensively I mean I, I don't know if this counts as offensively but like his offensive rebounding 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I thought he was active, you know, um, mm-hmm. I thought he did a good job of using his size, especially against smaller guys. Um, I, I like when bigs are active on the offensive boards. Not that I'm some like um, Ennis Cantor Stan or anything like that, but <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a measure of that that I think is important. You know, when we look at Capella, like Capella was like the best rebounding big in the league, you know, and he just got a huge bag, um, as you mentioned. So I, I think it was important. I, I like that he was engaged offensively that I, I didn't see a lot of moments where he was kind of like, you know, like wishy-washy or like disappearing or anything floating yeah yeah yeah, the floating part like i like the fact that if he didn't get the ball and somebody else put put up the shot he was engaged in crashing the boards and i think that's an important thing that sometimes sometimes gets overlooked totally and i actually i think he was more active on the offensive glass than the defensive glass um yeah you know because one of the things you know just sticking with his rebounding is like Hmm. He's a kid who's 6'10", 7'5", wingspan, 230, some bounce to him. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is stacking up to him like right. that physically, right? So, like, I felt like a lot of times on the defensive end, he was doing what he was doing on the offensive end, which is just trying to jump for the board. Mm. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times offensively, it it's easier to to make that just jump and be more athletic move and not have it cost you. Cause if you jump and you miss, like you just get back on D or whatever. Defensively, I felt like he did that too. And like, obviously his rebounding numbers were, you know, pretty fine. You know, he averaged eight rebounds a game at, at Montford. Um, but I felt like he didn't box out hmm. nearly enough. And when you go up a level, he's still going to be bigger and stronger than most of the kids <laughs> that he, he goes up against in college. But, it's not a good habit to develop where you're jumping for the board and not putting on a body consistently because they, uh, even though he might be stronger, like the kids in college are going to be stronger than the kids were in high school. And then when you get to the league, now he might not be that much stronger, at least right away. So it's better to develop those habits. I want to see him box out at the next level a little bit. And, and, um, you know, the sheed being there, hopefully that'll, uh, you know, be a, a step in the right direction for him, teaching him how to do a lot of the big men things. Cause in a lot of ways, Duran is kind of more of an old school type big than, you know, your, your new school big when you're, you're, you know, drawing, drawing it up. But, um, I kind of like that sometimes he could grab and go, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's not going to be a guy that I want leading the break all the time. Cause I don't think <laughs> he's got the decision-making skills as a passer in transition to do it. But I like that he can like dribble the ball without having it bounce off his foot and go out of bounds. So at least he can like get it, go hit an outlet or something without trying to make like a flashy pass. I did. I did like that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think he's somewhere in between Lamar Odom and Kendrick Perkins, which is not, <laughs> not, <laughs> not a bad place to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Perhaps the, uh, the single weirdest um, scale to be between in the history of basketball. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you do it for the listeners. Um, right. What do you, uh, how, how do you think his perimeter defense looked? Um, so actually that I was waiting for that one, Corey, because I think that was the part that I, per, that maybe we saw things differently, but I was actually really excited by that. Um, I was like, wow, that's, 
that's what I want to see more of on the next level uh, in college. I hope he's in more of those circumstances and situations because I want to see how that develops because there were some really promising moments. I, I was watching this AAU game where he was playing against uh, Bronny James. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, look at that. Like he was moving his feet. He's got his hands up. He did a good job of staying in front of me. He forced Bronny into a couple of like tough, like just, you know, settling for three pointers. And I was like, I like that. Like, I really, really like that. Not to say that I'm saying that he's like going to be some amazing perimeter defender, but for him to be doing that in high school and to show that he had like um, a court awareness, you know, I I thought he did a good job of staying in front of him, not fouling, um, being active with his hands, like all of that. I really enjoyed. Um, So I don't know more than anything else. Like for me, when I look at him and his ceiling, I'd be like, dude, that is really exciting if he continues to grow in that area because if you've got it now, remember, Corey, he may grow till seven foot. He's got a couple <laughs> yeah, years of growing left. Imagine he, imagine he gets to like seven foot with like a seven, six wingspan and he can move like that and guard on the on the perimeter like that. That's freaking terrifying. So for me, that was actually one of the more, more exciting aspects of his game. Yeah, that's a scary thought that he he still possibly has room to grow because he is so fucking young. <laughs> I, I agree. I This is where he kind of looks more like a modern big man in on the defensive side. It seems like he could do all the things you want your center to be able to do. Right. I mean, you know, you mentioned, you know, hit the game against Bronny. Um, but it, in some of these games, uh, he's getting low in his stance arms out. He's moving his feet. He's putting mm-hmm. pressure on the ball handler and with his size and his length, like, and his strength, like, you can't go into his chest. You can't bump him. Uh, he suffocates you, you know, uh, and, and he's able to, to blitz. He's able to blitz you. I like the potential there defensively to just be a menace out on the perimeter with these guards who, who are going to be able to shoot it from, from deep at the next level. And uh, I, I like that. If I think if you get him on an Island, it, it could swing to your favor (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. you're not going to lose much as long as the ball uh doesn't get into uh the hands of a big man on on the guard if there's a switch and and everybody rotates properly but i don't think you're going to get killed on that on that island so i think that that's exciting and and that switchability that's what you want you want guys who are going to be able to eventually when we talk about him not going to memphis but to the nba potentially uh, to one of these bad teams you want to build around a guy that's going to be able to anchor a defense from every spot on the floor. And that responsibility is heavy, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that he at least has the the baseline skills for that. Um, you know, I, I, what I liked about this exercise and what I like about the exercise that we're doing um, is that, you know, you do get to see kind of the development from year to year sometimes too, because, you know, he's switching over to, him kind of in a team defense structure. Uh, the games I watched at Montverde, I felt like he made some really solid rotations. Mm. Some of the games that I watched at Roman Catholic, I felt like he was kind of in the wrong spots. Uh, AAU, I mean, uh, I, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even say anything about that. Pass. But I liked I, I liked that when when the games were a little more structured, like you see a little bit of progression on that end. Um, so I you know I think that this is where you're going to see that kind of 
rim protection, right? Like in this team defensive structure, you're going to see the, uh, hopefully you're, I think he's going to be a guy that you could totally run a drop in and it's, Mm. it's going to be terrifying how he could, you know, kind of stay at length, you know, drop back on the guards and still contest with the wingspan, but play the Mm -hmm. cat and mouse to get back to the big, um, what did you uh what did you see in in kind of the the team defensive structure what whatever little it however little it may have been no no dude honestly i i, I agree with you on the perimeter defense the team defense it, it's funny i i actually realized that the one area where we can't really grade him in my opinion is the one on one post defense like yeah. that's something <laughs> that we really just didn't see enough of um from the tape whether we're talking about in high school or in AAU because you know I, I felt like a lot of the post defense that I watched was against guys that were smaller you know that yeah. guys that were really just like trying to punch above their weight and he's too it strong was kind of exactly it was just kind of embarrassing and so like you know if you just take that you could be like oh he's great in the post but like i think it's unfair and i'd rather give him an incomplete on that and wait till he gets to college so in terms of like the team de- defense that you're talking about i agree you know he's a, he's a really active engaged guy he moves really well something that I, I don't even think we mentioned offensively is i like his hands a lot you know, I, I think he does a good a good job of engaging his hands. And then on offense, I thought he did a good job of catching balls. Yeah, I think he's got some pretty soft hands. And so um, I agree with you, man. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. I, I think we have to give an incomplete on the complete draft grade because we have to see how he matches up against like seven footers in college and against heavier guys, uh, even against like a Drew Timmy. I'd like to see how that goes. Uh, not that I'm saying he's going to get destroyed by Timmy, but... I think that'll be a better test for us to get a better idea of him as like a holistic defender. All right, Albert. Garbage time, Gim, as they mm-hmm. call you <laughs> on the internet. It's about that time for our man, Jalen Duran. Sell me this pen on Jalen Duran as a mm. top five pick. <sighs> All right. Um, what's, what's a, what's a good way to put this? I think, um it, it for okay for me for Duran it's pretty simple um when it comes to his upside when it comes to his potential for his, like we just talked a whole ton about his defensive stuff and how exciting that can be how versatile he can be i i really do believe in all that and i and i really do think like offensively i think there is a real ceiling that honestly is really undefined and unclear right now because we haven't seen him play a single minute of college ball but I don't know, Corey. I feel like in a couple of months from now, after watching him play some college, we're going to be pretty pleasantly surprised. So in terms of selling this pen on Jalen Duran, we're talking about a guy who is an, a, a freak athlete, a guy who has shown some real signs offensively or is going to, in my opinion, is going to show some signs offensively and is already a pretty high floor, high ceiling defender. That's a really exciting guy and a guy that you you have to consider, I think, at least preseason in the top five. Now, of course, things can change, right? Um, we might be talking about injuries. We might be talking about some regressions or, you know, some changes here and there. We don't know for sure, which is kind of like the craziness about this whole exercise that we're doing preseason. But man, I, I, I think there's a really high ceiling here on both ends of the floor and probably a reason why you want to look at him as a top five prospect. It's going to be interesting charting his his progress all year, man, for for sure. Because, you know, we went through a list of like all the bigs uh, that, you know, fell in the top 10. And it's it's kind of hit or miss. It's and it seems like there's more miss than hit for for getting value. But 
at the end of the day, it's like if somebody's the real deal, right? Like they're worth the spot, even if historically they may not be. You know, it's we talk about outliers. We talked about them in last year. I mean, I had Alperin Shingun in my top five last year or last draft cycle. It was like a month ago in reality. <laughs> um, and he's like not even a tradition, like a, a modern day big. He's more of like the old school traditional big. So right. when we see an outlier, uh, I don't think the the, his, the recent history matters as much. And Duran has has the potential to to be one of these guys who who can have a big impact defensively and and give you really efficient offense and and that could certainly be worthy of a top five pick in this draft uh it's going to be exciting to see how that plays out yeah. um if you were buying stock in Jalen Duran, who may you have bought stock in previously well I mean I, I mentioned it on our last pod but or two pods ago I don't remember um bam you know, I, I think yeah. there's some real band potential there, of course. Um, like my, my fear is that he's not going to have the playmaking that Bam does or, you know, maybe his jump shot never develops the way that Bam's has. But also, you know, you, you just mentioned how Bam's jump shot hasn't exactly developed the way that you had hoped either in terms of like his range. But um, yeah, I mean, he's just initially who I thought of just because of the just the physicality and like, you know, he you feel him there's a tangible feeling that you get from him when he's on the court and he's got this like aura and presence about him. Not that I've ever been on the court with him, but just from what I've seen, you know, Um, you know, I I think that's what came to mind. Of course, it's not a perfect example, but some of that. And um, yeah, I mean, there are some other names that come to mind, but like I kind of shudder to even mention them. So I'll I'll stop there and go with Bam. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait to mention those names during the season, right? He's putting uh, twenty five and and twelves up. Um, yeah, I love the Bam comp, and I, I think that when you when you hear that, you immediately go to the final version or the current iteration of Bam that we see today, which is this guy right. who could play make and take guys off the bounce, and uh, is just a, a one through five defender and just a, a, a physical freak and you know, all of the things that make Bam Bam. But when Bam was at Kentucky, he was not being talked about as the player that he has turned himself into. I mean, if you go back and read a lot of the scouting reports and, you know, I posted it on Twitter before the 2020 draft, because a lot of what we said um, about James Wiseman, about his feel, his, his rawness, his, uh, you know, more of an athlete than a basketball player, all that kind of stuff that was said about Wiseman. I said, well, you know, honestly, a lot of that stuff was said about Bam and I posted in the scouting reports. So like a a lot of the worries that you might have with Duran throughout the season, that's what people were saying about Bam at Kentucky. You know, these, they're not the final version of what we're going to see five, six years from now. Um, So I like the Bam comp as a a guy that he can aspire into. I, I mean, more lower end, and I think that he's um, probably going to be a guy who produces more just, you know, based on his, um, you know, the the prestige of where he's being ranked early. Um, obviously, who knows? But like more of like a bouncy Wendell Carter, mm. I can see a little bit. And because Wendell Carter is kind of like a poor man's bam in, in some ways, he just can't stay healthy. Um, he got a little heavier as his career has gone on. So he's a little more ground bound now. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't block as many shots as you want, but he could pass a little. He could finish around the post a little. He could be a, a dive man a little. He could do all these things like a little bit. Uh, I think Duran is a guy that hopefully more maximizes that potential and gets to play with a good point guard. Uh, you know, that's right. probably hampered Wendell Carter a little bit too. So it'll be fun to see him play uh, with Suggs. Are you pumping or dumping? Changing, <laughs> changing the buyer, buyer sell up. We're going pump or dump now. New, it's a new season, Albert. Uh, am I pumping or dumping Jalen? <laughs> pump or dump preseason Jalen Duran. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pump Jalen Duran. I'm going to pump his stock for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I, I really like Jalen Duran a lot. I'm once again, you know, I, I'm really excited to see the development and the arc because as you mentioned, Corey, I actually think it's so freaking important to remember the context that you just gave and laid out for our listeners. Like we have to stop like hoping that these players are finished products in college. Like that's the whole point of college or the G league or whatever. Like this is just a stepping stone along the process of them getting to where they eventually want to get to. That's why like, even like, you know, we have players that struggle in college, but end up becoming good pros. Like there's no definitive arc to how these players develop. And so I think it was really important that you said that. And I, and I think with Duran, I'm really excited for the highs and the lows. Like I actually want to see him struggle. I want him to have some bad games in college and I want to see, how he comes back and he recovers from those those types of outings because I think that speaks to character, right? We, that speaks to resiliency. Mm-hmm. That speaks to development. It speaks to coaching. Let's see how Coach K does in his final season too. Oh, wait, no, why did I say Coach K? Now I'm thinking of Paulo. <laughs> my head's already going to Banchero, my bad. Um, but, you know, like I, I, I think Penny. there's we're, like, we're, we're yeah. Penny and Sheed. Penny and Sheed. Right, right. I think Sheed is going to be – well, who knows? I don't. I don't know what Sheed is like a coach as like a coach, and Sheed has said some crazy things recently too. But She's overall, yeah, overall, I'm excited for Dern. I'm pumping because I think he's going to have a really interesting freshman season. Yeah, I'm. I'm still very early in this preseason scouting process, but I've watched enough of you know the the top four five guys now to say that I can understand why Jalen Durant is being, you know, put in the conversation with them. Right. I don't think he's going to be a guy who competes for the number one spot. I think a lot of things would have to go right for him to work his way into the top three, but I could see the top five buzz. It also wouldn't shock me if he, he dropped a little bit. Um, but I think this season at Memphis is going to be fun if all goes well. Um, so I'll pump his stock a little bit. I'm not, I'm not emptying the, the, the chamber for him, but mm-hmm. I think that investing early on Duran is a good move, especially because he's so young, you know, coming, you know, reclassifying, even being a year right. younger than, than he would have otherwise been if he just stayed and, and played out his senior year. And um, that brings us to his, his teammate. And, you know, I, I kind of just want to touch on, on Mr. Amani Bates mm-hmm. because He's not in the 2022 draft class, but this podcast is called the Draft Dack, not the 2022 mm-hmm. Draft Dack or the current draft. Right? We can talk about prospects if they're uh, a little further out. And um, Bates, the only reason that he's further out is because he was born <laughs> in right. January of '04, so instead of you know uh, whatever the cutoff is, like Duran was born November of '03. Um, but 
Uh, he he also reclassified to forego his senior year. Seventeen years old, six nine wing. You wish the wingspan was a little bit longer. Mm. Only a six mm. nine wingspan right now. Um, but yeah, he's one of the most hyped prospects that we've had in a while for a while. He's going to be a big story playing with uh, Jalen during this season. I think they're going to have a lot of nationally televised game. I think Memphis, Penny, Sheed are are building something with the recruits. And uh, I figured, hey, let's have some fun and let's talk about his teammate because, you know, a lot of Jalen Duran's success is probably going to hinge on how well Amani Bates plays, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so first thing, I mean, look, and a lot of people probably have a little bit of, you know, background info on Bates already because you've seen him for so long you know magazine covers uh you know the the highlight videos all that stuff dude was he's had his games on espn already so he he shouldn't be unfamiliar if you're dialed in and if you're listening to a draft podcast in the nba offseason right now you're dialed in you know this dude Mm -hmm. um but he's a shot maker off the bounce off the catch doesn't matter dude's putting the ball through the hole um you add that to the long skinny frame and you see why early on he was getting those KD comps, right? Like mm-hmm. he's not as long as KD. Right. Uh, he's not as tall, but KD wasn't as tall as he was, you know, where he is now in college. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's got a little bit of room to grow, but uh, like all tough shot makers, he's a tough shot taker, man. And there's going to be some possessions that you wish you could get back. Um, where do you think that he ranks in most drafts as far as like sh- pure shot making ability? I, oh man, shot making ability. Oh, okay. So I honestly, like, it's funny when we were prepping for this episode, I actually ended up having more notes on Bates than I even did Durin. Okay. Um, I feel many things about Bates, but I'm going to hold myself back. I know you just wanted to touch on it. So it, going back to your question, I think, mm, I like that he's not shy. Um, that's one of the things that I wrote, not shy about putting up shots. I like that he's not shy at all. Um, I think he definitely relies on the long jumper, uh, mm-hmm. on the long shots, because as you mentioned, he is really damn skinny. The kid, I'm really hoping that Memphis has a solid dining hall because the kid needs to <laughs> eat a lot. Like it's a real thing for him. So the thing is, Corey, I, He's not shy. He's aggressive about it. He is unafraid. So I I rank him pretty highly as a shot taker, shot maker. But and I will reserve my other points for next year. But um, yeah, there's a lot to like, but I also have a lot of question marks as well. All right. Well, give me a little bit. Give me okay. some of the question marks because if you follow him at all, like he was this guy that everybody kind of sang his praises mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. And then over this last more recent, you know, half year, year or so, the scouts have been a little bit more iffy mm-hmm. on whether or not Bates is actually the prospect that everybody thought he was or could be. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, I, I think he's actually gone even back at some of the guys who have questioned that. And honestly, it's, you know, that's just being available on the internet. I mean, right. it, the job is for these guys to to be honest and um 
you know, a lot of these guys early on, they, they get all this hype for, and all this praise. And then as the years go on and they're not getting it as much because people start picking them apart a little bit more because now it actually means something. Some of that's, uh, sometimes that's hard. So it's going to be interesting to see his resiliency through all of the attention he gets, but give me some of the question marks you have uh, for, for Amani Bates. Yeah. I mean, you know, Amani, if you're listening, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't intend on hurting your feelings. Um, you know, just trying to be as objective as possible. Um, I, I think he's a little, I think he's a little contact averse. Um, mm-hmm. just watching him. I, as I mentioned, he really does settle for a lot of long jump shots and, um, watching him go attack the rim. It, it felt a little inconsistent to me. Um, I think there really needs to be a bulking up for him because, I don't know. Like, I really wasn't that impressed when he was attacking the rim. Um, some of the Euro steps, some of the sidestep stuff in the lane, like, it was nice, I guess. But overall, it was, you know, I, I didn't see as much production around the, uh, around the rim. And I think a lot of that was, like, simply due to his size. I remember I was watching one of the games. I don't remember who, what team. Obviously, like, I don't memorize yeah, high I mean, school this, teams. But, <laughs> they, yeah. they switch their AAU teams all the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... I was actually watching a high school game and the announcer, well, you know, they, the, 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 um, the play-by-play guys, they were saying yeah. like, Oh, Amani Bates is a great finisher at the rim. And I was like, you know what? Like, I actually don't agree with that. I, I think there has to be a lot of development for him on that end. Um, I, I thought there were a lot of times that he was just avoiding contact and trying to figure out ways to not get hit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of them. And then in terms of his shot, like he, he kind of chucks the ball a little bit and mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll call it for what it is. You know, I, I didn't see a, 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 a nice follow through on a lot of the shots that I saw him taking. Um, it just kind of felt like he was pressing the eject button and he was just letting it fly. And I don't know if I love that. And defensively, I think it's a complete wait and see for me. Like, I, I don't want to mm-hmm. judge him at all defensively. I think we just need to wait a year to, you know, give him the benefit of, a, of the doubt. But, um, those are the main questions for me. You know, it's funny because my literal next note says, I want to see him attack the rim and generate a high number of free throws. If he just turns himself into a chucker, he's a completely different level prospect. (laughs) You got to stop copying my notes, brother. (laughs) Coast to coast, copying the notes. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, look, guys like him, and it's in these AAU games, and I've been watching so many AAU games. They're so bad. God bless your soul, brother. Jesus. Let's just like, can we stop? How do we get rid of AAU basketball? I still want to have extra games for these kids to develop, but I just want to get rid. I want to put AAU basketball into like a a t-shirt cannon and just Mm. eject it somewhere, not at a crowd. That seems hurtful. Mm Mm-hmm. But these AAU games, they're up, they're down, they're they're just chuck fests. And a lot of times it's like if you're watching a prospect, don't even try to watch the defense. Don't even it's, right. it's there's no need. And really, like you just you're just looking for like how do they move? What are they like athletically? Can they hit tough shot? Like there, there's very few things I personally can take at you know, get out Same. of it although I can get enough that I keep watching it, mm-hmm. but it sucks. It's, it's just bad basketball, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's easy for him to get into that habit of, and this freedom of like, uh, I'm going to call my number. I'm going to get my shot now. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy on all of the teams that he's in. He's the bucket getter. So just go right. get a bucket. Right. 
and he plays with fire. He's, he's, you know, he's feisty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that there are times where he, he settles a little too much because when you can get to every shot seamlessly, right? Like it's easy to do it. He has a good handle. He creates space to get these shots off. But a lot of times like the defense is probably cool with it. Mm-hmm. They're probably cool with it. Uh, you know, I, I want him to go get to the free throw line. Use that, right. use that gravity to attack. So, and you know, he's skinny and he'll probably always be skinny, but he mm. also is a year younger than your typical person that would be in the 2022 class. You know, he should be going into a senior year. He was reclassifying. So developmentally, body-wise, he is a year behind. Mm. But yeah, I, he, I just want to see him show a more nuanced game and I want to see if he can create for others a little bit more. Yeah. You know, um, he generates so much attention because of the scoring threat and he's going to have, I think some monster games in college there. And I think that there were some flashes that I, I saw, you know, I, in either the high school or the AAU, like here and there, there were, you know, flashes of, of passing, but is it just going to be the first read or can he learn to hit like the advanced weak side reads? Cause that's, what's going to make you a guy, you know, go from like a guy who is maybe, you know, looked at initially like a, a young Brandon Ingram was who didn't really mm-hmm. offer much but scoring um, versus a guy who is going to be the next Kevin Durant who's an all-NBA player, right? That's the separation. It's all the nuance. And like you said, the defense is a wait and see. I, I mean, uh, I think that he does compete during the games. AAU, everybody's taken – possessions off uh i'm not you know off the ball i don't it's not that he's not giving effort i just don't know if he's always in the right spots it's hard i mean it's so unstructured these are the things that like i don't want to say that these kids can't do these things because they're out of position when the whole premise of like hey you is like screw Hmm. it you know like that's why i want to see what penny what she you know, what they do for Bates and Durant, um, you know, because the the college coaching and then, you know, with Bates, he's going to have to choose, like, does he stay in college a second year or does he go to the G league or the NBL or whatever? I mean, and shit with the the NIL rules, like uh, (laughs) he's, he might be making uh, more money staying in college than he will go into the G league or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, the kind of stuff that, they do at the AAU is not level is, is not going to translate defensively. And if, uh, if they don't learn how to play it, then, you know, again, that's, uh, that'll be another knock on him, but he's two years away. So we're going to get to watch him for two years develop. And if he doesn't work on these things this year, regardless of what his decision is next year, he's going to hear it. The scouts mm-hmm. are going to get louder, you know, cause it's not yeah. like he's going to a spot where there's not a high level lottery pick. People are going to be dialed into these games. He's a name. He's he's going to generate views on on the TV, on the mm-hmm. the YouTube's, on the Hulu pluses. You know all that stuff. He's he's going to be a name that people want to see. Duran's going to be a name, and who knows? But they're yeah. they're both ridiculously talented. So, um, you know, I, I think that there are going to be one of the more intriguing situations to watch, just because there's two guys on the team that are high level prospects. Yeah. 
you know, and and yeah. I, I think I think Bates would really, really, really have to struggle to not be a guy who was locked in mm. to at least a top three spot in the twenty twenty three draft. Yeah, yeah, bro. I I agree with you. I just yeah, I'm really just trying to pump the brakes a little, you know, because you and I were the same. Once we start watching, we get into this whole mode, and we, you know, we we want to go deeper and break everything down. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to hold back, trying to wait till next year, and you know, let's see what happens because. Yeah, he, he's clearly a talented player. I I will say, yeah, I've been watching a ton of of Jaden Hardy. Oh, I saw, and, I saw. and we'll do, and we'll do an episode mm-hmm. on him very soon. Mm-hmm. I don't feel the same way about Amani Bates shot making as I feel about Jaden Hardy shot making. I think I agree with you on that, and that's all I'll say. But with that said, I still I still enjoy watching Amani Bates hit some of these shots that he's hitting. He's got loads of talent. He uh he looks like a, a Seattle hooper out there with uh his shake and his shot making and stuff. So um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting this year. It's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm excited to see it. Uh any final thoughts on Mr. Amani Bates? Not really man. I, I think in uh you know I I'm just I'm excited to watch him play uh, you mentioned the Seattle thing. Maybe what if he just becomes like an oversized Jamal Crawford? That could be yeah. interesting too. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that's where I'm at. I'm excited to see him play this year. Yep, me too. And um, you know, guys, we we apologize for not doing an episode last week. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that we recorded half of the episode <laughs> last week, and Long Island, New York, had a crazy storm. And Albert was in the middle of a, a beautiful soliloquy and my internet cut out. And uh, so, <laughs> so we, uh, we basically recorded half, finished up the other half this week and we're putting the episode out this week. But, um, yeah. you know, we're going to continue to try to go every week as long as there are no technical difficulties again. Uh, Albert, tell the people where they can find you. On the internet. Well, well, you could find me at uh, GTG NBA, uh, which is uh, my new name, Garbage Time Gim. Uh, you can Let's also go. find me at Alberto Gim. I st- I still have that old handle for nonsense, but um, yeah, Garbage Time Gim. Embracing my new persona. I love it. I'm jealous of the name. I think it's a an absolutely knockout name. Uh, you can find me at the Hardwood Mag on uh, Twitter been posting a lot of high school breakdowns just uh dropped the paulo bancaro scouting video uh we did chat the, the chat scouting video we'll have an episode on all of these guys in the coming weeks um big news coming if you follow the draft scene seeing some guys dropping some hints um don't want to name names just yet but there's some stuff in the works for sure uh your boys are gonna have some merch dropping soon i i've been working on a little merch line for the hardwood and uh i figured i can't ignore the draft act listeners so we we got some draft act merch on the way very soon and um i'm real excited about this upcoming draft cycle and all the people we're working with and all the cool things that i think we're going to accomplish so uh make sure you're you're dialed in guys and girls because it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Let's we're go. gonna give you. We're gonna give you the, the that hotness, this mm. uh, this year, man. So make sure you uh, subscribe to the pod if you have not yet. If you're a first time listener, uh, we would truly appreciate those five star ratings, um, the reviews, 
And uh, until uh, next time, y'all, we out. Peace. Peace.